full of joy unspeakable and full of some some say glory and then say doxa kabod that is the two words for glory old test uh hebrew and greek i want you to know become anticipating because it's going to be something different happening every single week that being said those watching online we're so glad you're watching continue let god touch you god's going to touch you today if you give him your best he's going to do the rest amen let's go before father let's pray father we're so grateful for who you are you are our strength you are our all in all there is none like you and so, Father, we come to you today because you are the one we live for. And, Lord, we ask that you would help us, Lord, to have ears to listen and a heart to truly say, God, speak to me afresh. Holy Spirit, will you move in the midst that, Father, your power would flow within us to wherever you want us to go to say and to be. Lord, we thank you so much for the gifts that come from heaven that we participate every single day. Help us never to never unwrap the gifts that come from heaven because they make us stronger and better for your glory and for those around us. Now, Lord, everything said and done may be glorifying to your name. Holy Spirit, have your way. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. come on, give him a wave offering because he's worthy of a blessed be the name. Let's praise the Lord. Amen. Well, we're going to start the time here of um, lighting our candles um, and... Um, I want you to uh, recognize that we've done this many times. I like doing this. Um, the reason being is because I think the gifts of heaven, and we're going to talk about the gifts that Jesus brings, and there's so many. I could do it literally for six months with all the gifts that God gives us because of the covenant. But one of the gifts that he has given all mankind that has changed my heart and changed your heart is a gift of hope. Hope. Hope is a beautiful thing. And when people don't have hope, they don't have direction. When people don't have hope, they don't have joy. When people don't have hope, they actually don't even see tomorrow as being a bright day. Because the devil wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Amen. Amen. And so we need to recognize that just because God gives us a gift, we have to unwrap it daily. Someone say daily. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. So before I light this candle of hope, I want you to think about the great gift God's given you, hope. Now, you know I have like 10 acronyms to go with hope, but the one I seem to be driven to is holding onto promises every day. When you hold on to the promises every day, God's going to bring hope and sustain no matter what you're going through. Amen? But you have to apply it to your heart and life. See, your friend can't do it, your mom can't do it, your dad can't do it. No one can do it but you. You have to own it. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. Go ahead. So that being said, that being said, we're going to light the candle of hope. And as we do, I want us to meditate on the great hope he has given to the whole world. And we're going to talk about hope today and how God's hope is so different than how people use hope. I want you to understand that that H-O-P-E is something that you have to share. But sometimes the church, 3% of the church is actually evangelizing. That's the latest statistics of a church, a healthy church. Let's say the church is, it doesn't make a difference how many people are in the church. It's still 3%. 
and it hasn't, it was at seven, it came to five. Now we're at 3% of people actually sharing their faith with non-believers. Why is that? Because we don't think we have that hope. We don't, we, we, have, we, we look at all our flaws and our flops. But Jesus Christ is giving you hope. And if God is with you, who can be against you? Come on now. So we need to take God's word for what God's word, not listen to what's rattling in our cage between our ears, but we need to take the word of God and stand on it and say, okay, God, you have given me hope, and it's abundant. It's a living hope. How many just so glad what Jesus has done? We are blessed. Let's light the candle of hope, and let's pray. If you have a loved one next to you, just grab their hand. Put your hand on their shoulder. Father, as we come before you today, we are mindful of the hope you have given us. The eye has not seen, the ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that you have for them that love you. God, what promise you give with hope. And God, I just ask you, refresh our hearts in this season so that when we go into a new year, we are more expecting and anticipating all that you're going to do in us and through us as individuals and as a body in Christ. So, Father, I just ask right now, will you do a work and help us not only to have the hope, but to share the hope of glory with all those that come into our hearts. Help us to share the hope of glory with all our family members. No matter how many times they've heard, they need to know there's a hope, not just in trouble, but there's a hope in every season we go through. And so, Father, we thank you for the great hope you've given us through the name of Jesus Christ. Help us to do our best to share this hope this season. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Every gift, every gift is going to have a correlation to the message. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman needs not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. The NIV says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to, does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. I want you to get that. So all this month, I want you to take notes. If God speaks to you about something, I want you to write it down, and I want you to then reflect on it afterwards and ask yourself, how can I put that into my life? Let the Spirit of God speak afresh to you. But if he's speaking and you're just bypassing what he's trying to say, write it down. Do you know that the shortest pencil is greater than the best memory? How many would recognize like that's true? Some of you forgot already what you had for breakfast. And so on the book, they have all different sayings, and there comes a special pen to go with it. And we want you to take notes. Take notes so that you can grow in the Lord. You know, Jesus has given us so much. He has given us so much. But here's the question I want to ask you. Are you enjoying, truly enjoying all that he has given you? Or in the midst of all that he has given you, are you focusing on something that's draining you? Because in the midst, God wants to give us hope. That being said, I want you to look at this for a second. How God's gifts work. I want to let you know how God's gifts work. This is important. First, Jesus Christ gives them freely. Someone say freely. freely. 
Yeah, he gives you them because he wants you to have them. Second, you need to receive them willingly. Someone say willingly. So think about this. Jesus is freely giving you something, what he wants to make you better with. He wants to see you produce his fruits in your life. He wants you to willingly accept them, receive them. Now here's, the, here's where the rubber meets the road. Ready? You remind yourself daily that God's gifts always come as a promise. I want you to get that. God's gifts always come as a promise. Now, to help you get that in your heart, tell somebody next to yourself, next to you, and say, God's gifts comes with promise. Go ahead, just tell them. God's gifts comes with promise. Ken, God's gifts comes with promise. There's a promise with the gift of God. Always, because he is good and he loves you. Now, the fourth one is you have to choose to apply God's gift to every situation, every circumstance that comes into your life. People say, well, pastor, you don't seem to understand my situation. Pastor, you don't seem to understand what I'm going through. Pastor, you haven't been in my shoes. And all of those things can be exactly correct. But the word of God that goes for me goes for everybody else. The word of God is the same today and forever. Amen? And so if God's speaking to, whether it's Daniel in the lion's den or whether he's speaking to uh, the three Hebrew children, I mean, whatever circumstance they're under, did you see how they applied God's word in the situation? How they did not lose their hope because they knew who their God was? The problem with the church, friends, is not that God's the problem. The church is not spending time with God like we ought to spend time with God. So when God gives us a gift of hope and we have a hopeless situation, we're so quick to go humdrum, oh me, why me, oh God? Hello. We're not focusing on the word of God, what God's saying. We're focusing on how I'm feeling. And whenever you go according to feeling, it will always lead you to astray. Amen? Feelings are the most destructive things that hurt people's spiritual maturity. It's how I feel, and therefore, it's a lousy, lousy, lousy day. Amen? But is it a lousy day? No. Greater is he that's in you than in the world. Is that true or not true? Hello? So if that's true, that means you have to declare within yourself to say, I'm going to trust God. Here it goes now. No matter what. Now, that's not always easy, and I know that, but nevertheless, people look at hope, and it's so empty. You know, they hope. I hope it doesn't rain. I hope I get a good job. I hope my boss likes me. I hope I get a raise. We go through life just hoping, 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 hoping. I'm just one hoping guy. But all of a sudden, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. The world he characterizes hope is a, a, a happenstance. And maybe it'll happen and maybe it won't. So I created a game. I didn't necessarily create it. I kind of saw someone and I said, I'd like to do that. So I made a game just for you. This is the hope game. How many want to play the hope game? It's called the worldly hope game. Hey, Ben, I can't pick on you. Come on up here, Ben. I didn't get a chance. Yeah, look, you've been next contestant. <laughs> Ben and Shai are with us, and why don't you bring them all up here and stuff. We'll let Rayla spin the wheel, maybe. <laughs> why don't you just put your hands together and appreciate. 
All right, so this is the hope game. And the hope game is like, well, I hope this happens. I hope that happens. Maybe you, you want food. I hope the pastor's message is really quick because I want to go out to eat. I hope we can get to eat early this week. Or good health. I hope I get good health in the new year. I want good health. Or, uh, or this New Year's, I hope nothing bad happens because last year this happened. So I hope we're going to have a better New Year's. Or how about this? I hope I get a raise. How many want to get a raise? Let me, anybody? All right, Donnie, put a pillow underneath the seat. Um, uh, here's, a, here's a prayer request from um, Ben Shai and Ray Ray. Um, I hope it snows before we leave. They really want snow. Uh, I hope I get a new job. Um, uh, I hope I lose weight. Um, I hope I get a baby. <laughs> um, so what we're going to do I'm going to let her, she's in, who wants, Chai, come on over here. Spin, now, no, no, hold on. Before you spin it, I'm going to give you $2 if what you hope for happens. So what are you going to spin for? A white, a white Christmas. I should have guessed that one. Okay, give it a spin. Dun, 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 dun. You got food. <laughs> I, I am so sorry. I mean, I mean, sometimes with hope for the world, you sometimes you win and sometimes you don't. I, I'm going to give you. I'm going to get. I'll, I'll, I'll think. What would you like to wish for? Now, go ahead. Just pick one. <laughs> so many good options. Yes. Some cash. Cash, cash. All right, spin that thing. Cash. I hope, I hope, we hope, we hope, we hope, we hope to like, like dwarfs. I hope, I hope. Oh, just missed it by that much. You didn't get it. You want to try spin? Want to try spin the wheel? Go ahead. What are you going to hope for? Food. Food. Go. She got food. So we took, we took three tries, and the last try, they won. So here you go. Here is a brand new Chris $2. That's $2 bill for you. Wait, we're not done yet. But see, we don't have hope like I hope it happens. We have no-so help. Someone say no-so hope. I know-so that my God's with me. I know-so that he's going to come. I know that he hears me when I pray. And then we create another game called God's game. Ain't God's game good? Because when you're doing God's work and you're, you're, you're praying and you're believing God and you're looking up, pick one. I'm going to go with uh, God. All right. You won. Look at that. One of God. Every single time you're a winner, there's another $2 bill. All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> you see, when the people of the world go ahead and they're just hoping I hope I get a raise. You know, the real question is, are you a good worker? Do you deserve a raise? That's a real question to ask. It's because you got a job doesn't mean you deserve a raise if you're not a good worker. And so, but people have a lot of hope, hope, but their hope is in the world, and they're not even sure it's going to happen. So we're going to take a journey today, and I want to give you this saying. Write this in your books. Let your hope in Christ, not your hurts, shape your future let your hope in christ not your hurts not your feelings shape your future robert Schuler said that i kind of 
tweaked it a little bit. But you have to realize is that so many times we don't let the hope in Christ, what we have in Christ direct us. We let our feelings or our hurts or how we feel about ourselves and like, I don't feel worthy. I don't feel that I should. I don't feel, I don't feel. When you start a sentence with feelings, you're leading off of God because God is a factor that changes everything. Amen? So let's take a journey here. And we're going to talk about hope. We're going to look at the past, and we're going to go this real fast. We're going to look at the past, how the Israel people were looking for their coming hope, their Messiah, and it went for on for a long time. And then we're going to look at the present hope that we have, and then our future hope. And so I hope you stay along the journey. You see, the first one that I want to talk to you about is the view from the past. Genesis 3.15 is the first prophetic Word that came to Moses when he was um, when giving when he was hearing from the Lord when he uh, wrote down the Pentateuch when he was in the presence of God, and this is the first scripture leading to Jesus Christ. So the Lord said to the serpent, He'd bring in a curse because you have done this. Cursed are you above all the livestock and all the wild animals, and you will crawl on your belly, and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity and hatred, <laughs> can't say it today, between you and your woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. This is the first place in Scripture where it's focusing on what took place at the cross. Because when you're on the cross, all your heels are bruised because of exhaling all the air. But Jesus crushed the head, and the head is always the authority. And Jesus is going to, the seed of a woman is going to crush the head. The authority that you now have for a short time, you're going to bruise his heel, but he's going to crush your head, all authority. That's why he took captivity captives. Can someone praise the Lord? We don't, know, we don't truly understand all that God has done for us. Yet in Scripture, I'm going to take two books, Micah and Isaiah. Both of them were written about 700 years before Jesus came. I want you to look at this one, Micah 5, 2. But you, Bethlehem, and Ephrathah is actually what Bethlehem was called beforehand. So that's the old name for Bethlehem. Though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come from me one who we rule over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient of times. That is simply, once again, a Messiah prophecy that he was going to be born in Bethlehem. Another book that you're all familiar with that was 700 years before Jesus came, and this is one that's very clear. Isaiah 7:14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And what is that? God with us. Again, in Isaiah 9, 6, most of you see this on a Christmas card. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called. Watch this now. You have a problem in your life, whatever situation, he is wonderful counselor. You need a counselor, you can go to Jesus. You're, ha you're having some hurt, you can go to Jesus. He's your mighty God. No matter what problem you have, he's over it. Someone say, he's over it. He's your everlasting father. That means he nurtures you. He'll help you. He'll come alongside you. And he's the prince of peace. And when you're having a day that peace is not reigning, that's because his word's not ruling. But let his word rule and his peace will fall down. 
can't, I, I, I had to know what to do with this one here, but we got to go to Isaiah 53. Because the Israelites in the past were waiting for the Messiah. But he wasn't coming. Isaiah 53 gives a de de details of what happens in Jesus and his prophetic, this whole chapter, very prophetic. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities, and the punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. Can I have some happiness in the church? We all, we all, come on, you all sinners, say by grace, hallelujah, transformed by the blood of Jesus Christ. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us have turned to his own ways, and the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and a sheep before the shearers is silent. So he did not open his mouth. By oppressors and judgment, he was taken away. And who can speak of the descendants? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For, transgressions of, for the transgressions of my people, he was stricken. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. And if you know the New Testament, this is 700 years before Jesus fulfilled all this and so much more. Though he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth, yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life a guilt offering, he became sin on the cross. He did not sin, but he was a sin offering for you and I, a, a one who had no sin in him, but he had to be judged as one who was guilty, but yet innocent. A life guilt offering. He will see his offsprings prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hands. After the suffering of this soul, he will see the light of life. Come on now, that must make your liver quiver. Come on. And be satisfied by his knowledge. My righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I love this part. I will give him a portion among the great. He will divide the spoils of the strong because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. But he bore the sin of many and made intercession for transgressions. Can you give the Lord praise? All that God has done. I want you to know something that the Jewish people, the Jewish people, they, they had these scriptures and though they didn't understand what was going, they had to keep the hope. God said it. We got to believe it. That should settle it, but we don't always believe it, do we, saints? We all have our moments. I'm going to say a moment, and a moment's not a problem. A moment's never a problem. You are human. Every one of God's disciples have moments. Hello? So it's never the moment. It's the lifestyle we have to be careful for, but we have to remember who God is and what God wants to do in us and through us. So we have to look at the past and say, look at all that God has promised. And the people of Israel are now waiting for a Messiah. They're waiting for a Messiah. You see it in the Old Testament, some of the individuals, God promised one, Simeon, he's not going to die until he ceases to come in promise. And God meets that promise. What a beautiful, beautiful event that was. 
the people of Israel go into a time now of 400 years. God is not speaking to the prophets. God is not speaking at all. It is what they call the silent period, 400 years when God's not saying much. And this Here's is... And this, and this, got to love technology. And this is what happens when people trust God. Because in the New Testament, in the present, God sends his angel Gabriel. And when God says his angel Gabriel, there's a breaking of silence of 400 years of God not saying anything. And he appears to a priest named Zechariah. So before I talk a little bit about this, I want you to get this. They just had the word of God and they had hope. Now, there are many people in Israel at that time with not following God. God wasn't showing up. God was silent. And so they all did their thing and Israel went into a deep corruption. Israel always went through a cycle. Always went through a cycle. That cycle happens to them, happens for every nation, happens to even people. That's why you, you got to keep yourself fresh. Amen. If you want to keep fresh bread, you got to close it after you're done. You can't get anything inside because what gets inside starts to de deteriorate the inside. Amen? And so we need to do the same thing. We need to get God's word inside us. That's why it's important to study. That's why you take notes. That's why you learn so you can have a relationship with God, not religion. So, so the first time silence is broken when the angel comes, Gabriel sees Zechariah. Zechariah is old. You know the story. Elizabeth, they can't have children. It's way past their age of giving birth. And yet the angel comes and says, I got good news, Zechariah. I stand in the presence of God. You're going to like this. But Zechariah had no faith. He couldn't understand. His, his knowledge of what he knows couldn't bypass what God was going to do. And so he did not believe the angel. The angel struck him so he would not speak until the child was born. But then six months later, that Gabriel gave some news again and the moment of silence was broken for the second time and he appeared to Mary. And when he saw Mary, he said, Mary, we're going to do something great here. You're going you're gonna to birth the Son of God, the Messiah. And she said simply, let your word be true. Uh, here I am. Here I am. And so this is what happens. They had to wait a long time, but God keeps his promises. I know sometimes you don't understand why certain things take place. I know that. We all live here. We all live in part of the world. But God keep his promise. Let's read. Let's go to the New Testament here and look at the view of the present Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joys that will be for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Christ, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger. I love this part. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Now, now when you talk about hope, 
This is, this is, this is where it comes down to. This is, God, is, God was speaking about great hope to come in the Old Testament. The Messiah now is here. He's now given us a living hope. I don't know what you go through. I know days can be tough. I know situations can be hard. Uh, you can be judged unfairly. There's a lot of things that can take place in your life, and sometimes they're difficult, but you know the hope of God is always faithful. Amen. The hope of God is always faithful. The question is, are you running to where your hope is? See, that's the key. That's the key. You see, when you look at these shepherds, I love this. I look at these shepherds this day. They were just doing their normal thing. You know, you go to job, day in, day out, you just do a normal thing. But this day was different. God interceded in this day. So sometimes you think, well, what can happen? Oh, with God, anything can happen. All things are possible. The Lord appeared to them and shone around them, and they were terrified. Now, what would you do if one day you're walking down the road, and all of a sudden a bunch of angels show up in the sky? I know what some of you do. You take out your phone and try to take a picture. Or, in this world today, they'll take a, a selfie. <laughs> I want you to know they're terrified because they've never seen this before. But look what happens. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. Saints, hope will bring good news of great joy if you share your hope with others. Hope in you but not going through you is not really having hope at all. It don't make a difference how bad your day is, God's still in the throne. Amen? It don't make a difference how situations are, all the pressure that comes. God's still on the throne, and you're not alone. Look at someone and just say, he's talking to you, my brother, my sister. You see, this great, he's given hope, great joy, great joy, not just joy, joy, great joy. I want you to know this, that we sometimes live way beyond that. We live a humdrum when we should really think, you know what, God, wait a minute. Why am I living at this altitude when you have already given this gift of great hope, great joy? God's given it. Amen? A Savior has been born to you, and this will be a sign. You'll find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloth. Now, I want you to get this. People say, ah, you know, verse 13 says it really good. People say, you know, I don't think we should celebrate Christmas. I, I, I come across some piety in Christianity at times, and, and people will always pick at all the stuff. And the reality is, I think, even though there's a lot of junk in Christmas and has nothing to do with Christmas, I actually think God uses Christmas quite, quite well. Because we get a chance, and the world accepts it, that Jesus Christ, it's really God's birthday. We won't celebrate it. I know Jewish people who celebrate everything for Christmas, but Jesus' birthday is never mentioned. They give gifts. They decorate their house. They may not be fully Jew, <laughs> but they're Jewish by, by nationality and by religion, but they still celebrate Christmas. I think it's great. But I, here's my point that I want to make. If you look at verse 13, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest on earth, peace to men whom in favor is rest. If all the angels are celebrating that finally the fulfillment of Messiah would come, I think we need to celebrate. Come on, put your hands in the air like you really do care. Come on, huh? I mean, all the angels are like, it happened, it happened. And then these shepherds started to go and tell everybody all about it. I want, I want to ask you a question. This is um, 
This is the question here. Um, what determines a good Christmas or a bad Christmas for you? I mean, think about this. We're going to celebrate Christmas in a while, but in your mind, in your heart, what do you determine a good Christmas or a bad Christmas is? Is it according to how you feel after Christmas is over? Um, is, it, is it something, um, uh, it's terrible Christmas if something bad happens? You know, something terrible happens, so that was a, that was a bad Christmas. You, you know, um, last Christmas, Sister Flagstead went to be with the Lord at night on Christmas Day. If you were to ask Sister Doris, hey, you're going home on Christmas, and if you knew Doris, if you know Sister Flagstead, Dolores, um, she was longing to see Jesus. You see, the reason why she could rejoice in that is because she had a relationship with the God she loved. And on, her, on his birthday, she got a chance, or the day we celebrate here on earth, not exactly birthday, most likely it would probably be in June, around that area. But she got a chance to celebrate on 25th. I know you say, well, that was a bad Christmas. Well, not from Dolores' point of view. It was just, a, 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 it's a different way of looking at it because there's a relationship with God. But we often, when we have a bad Christmas or something bad happens, we associate now, oh, what, I had a terrible Christmas. But, but it's not about the event, saints. It's not about what happens in the world. It's not what happens in our life. It's about Jesus. It's his birthday. And so sometimes we make our celebration all about us. And I'm trying to say, God, I love to celebrate, but I don't want to make the celebration all about us. It's got to be about you. It's your birthday. One, if you had a birthday and they gave gifts to me, you'd be okay with that? No. You know, you wouldn't like it if they gave gifts to everybody else. That's why I say, make, make it important. When I growing up, when I was growing up, I kind of did it a little bit when we had Christmas, when everybody was together. But I would put on the presents. Not from us. At one point in our life, we knew it wasn't from us because it was very difficult. So whenever God provided it, we were like, yeah, God, this is you. <laughs> but I would always put from the Lord, from the Lord. The Lord was given back to you. And that's what the Lord does at Christmas. He really blesses you with different things. But how can we bless him greater this Christmas? Because he's given us such great gifts. And the one gift is hope. Hope. That though a person may, may no longer be here, but there's a great home in heaven. Hallelujah. The best is yet to come. We're just, we're, it's our citizenship is not out of this world. We are to be workers and, and planters of seeds and, and, and watering and doing and turning the soil and doing everything we can for the kingdom of God. That's why we have a birthday anyway, right? Everyone's looking at something at Christmas, and that determines whether it's a good, bad Christmas. Let me change this for you. Let me try to put a different perspective, maybe in your heart and in your mind. Keep Christmas not about you. It's all about the Lord. When family get together, you know what? We're celebrating the birth of Jesus. We, how many do birthday cakes? Huh? Anybody do birthday cakes? Oh, come on, it's extra, extra calories put on the hips, one, uh, second on the lips, forever on the hips. Come on. We used to do birthday cakes every, every, we made happy birthday cake. 
And we are actually singing it to Jesus. Uh, I don't know how old he is. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> but nevertheless, it's important for you and I to realize that God is with us, and we are to celebrate it. All the angels are celebrating. Now, let's look at our future. This is important. Hope in our future. We have a view from the past how the Jewish people, they were hanging on to the promise on the written word. We have a view of the present, fulfilled the written word of all that he was going to do. And now, because he's come, we have a future. We serve the God of hope. Romans 15, 13 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy. Someone say all joy. And peace as you what? Trust in him so that, so that, so that you may overflow. Come on now. Someone say overflow. Wouldn't you like to overflow with hope? By the power of the Holy Spirit? Could you imagine you coming into the room on an overflow and you just start overflowing? Huh? And people say, well, why is he so happy? <laughs> you should just be glad that someone's on the overflow. Maybe because they're spending time in the presence. Maybe they're not focusing on their problems. They're focus focusing on the solution who, with, who's with us and in us. That's why we serve the God of hope. Because he has such a plan for you and I. It's a beautiful plan. The God of hope can come. He became our sacrificial lamb. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. He's coming again to fulfill his promise. Look at Hebrews 9, 27, 28. Look what it says. Just as one man is destined to die once and after that to face judgment, yes, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people. Can I hear an amen? amen? Amen. And he will appear a second time. He come back. Not to, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Man, you are people of promise. Look at your neighbor with a smile and say, I'm a, I'm a people of promise. Come on, I'm a people of promise. I'm a people, I'm a people of promise. Hallelujah. We're a people of promise with God. You haven't seen nothing yet. I almost wanted to break out in song right there, but I, I, I didn't. Look at this one. The God of hope has given us a living hope. 1 Peter 1, 3, and 6 says, Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in his great mercy. Someone said great you know, people say, well, I don't deserve that. Yeah, we, none of us deserve it. But because of his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish. Hello. Can never spoil. Hello. Or fade away, kept in heaven for you, just for you. Some would say there's a plan in heaven who through faith are shielded by God's power, God's on your side, don't worry about it, it may be tough, but he's not done with you yet, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. God has a plan. How do we work it out? Well, let's get back to what we were talking in the beginning. God has these gifts to work, and first of all, God freely gives it. Second, you need to receive it will, willingly. You know, he can give it. You can give someone a present, but they don't have to take it. 
When sometimes people give me a present, I don't open it right away. I wait to a moment where I have no pressure, everything's calm, and I can enjoy the moment and not do anything rushed. Now, my wife, she's totally the opposite. She wants to unwrap it right on the spot. I can literally, and it kills her. It's like, you haven't opened that yet. No, I haven't. I'm going to. There's going to be a right moment where I'm going to open that up. And I'm going to enjoy it more at the right moment. So you have to give the gift, but you got to open it up. you got to willingly receive it. And then, once you receive it, then you need to daily remind yourself of God's gifts and understand it comes with a promise. comes with a promise. And power. And his presence. And there's a lot of stuff. It's all for his people. And then number four, choose to apply it. If you, get, if you don't take the gift that God gives and apply it to the situation or the circumstance, you're never going to see the benefit in your life. That's just the bottom line. So, so often in life, so often in life, people don't realize people don't realize that hope Sometimes people, it looks the same to people. You know, they say if you smile at somebody, they smile back. I don't see some smiles here. The power of suggestive smiles. And the reality so often is that people don't realize that God's hope is different than the world's hope. People say, well, I have hope in the Titanic. They promise it's unsinkable. And yet... What happened? It sunk. Because that's world's hope. Now, they may look alike, the same word, H-O-P-E, but what hope does, hope does something really different. Hope causes you to look up. All of you followed the balloon to see where it was going to go. Didn't you? You want to know, is it going to hit a light? Is it going to pop? What is it going to do? I don't know. But you've got the point. Hope causes us to look up to God, not to look out towards this way. Because when we look this way, we're just being like the world. But when we can let it go and look up to God, God will show up and show off because that's who he is. we got to recognize when God says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. Problem is, we sometimes think, overthink things and like, well, you know what? Well, I don't think and, well, I don't feel and... I got, a, I got a Greek word. I just discovered it the other day. I'm going to, hopefully I can pronounce this right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Two words. Stop it. <laughs> Stop allowing your thoughts to dictate because the enemy of your soul is fighting against you to belittle you so you never become the potential that God has put within you because with God, all things are possible. That's more than a phrase. It's more of, it's God's word. God said it, and he can back it up. He's the one that made you. He knows you. He wants to do something in you. So when you have hope, let your hope rise up on the word of God in which you know. That's why it says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, but rightly divide the word of truth. Why? Why? Because when you get in the word of God, God's going to change your heart. When you get in the word of God, you're going to change the vessel because your hope is up. Look up for your redemption. Draw us nigh. Don't get me excited. Let me close with this. I really believe this stuff with all my heart, mind, and soul. 
I've just seen it work in so many ways. Every give comes from God, needs to be unwrapped by you. Now, it's not somebody else. It needs to be unwrapped by you. It's not what your parents believe. It's not what leaders believe. Not what pastor believes. What you believe. You have to own it. First Timothy says something pretty powerful on how we are to live. Verse, chapter 6, verse 17 and 19, it says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with, what's that word? Everything for our what? Enjoyment. Did you get that? This is the type of God who wants you to enjoy what he's given you. Why? Because when you get to see that, you get to praise him more. Watch verse 18. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, which be generous and willing to share. Hello. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Can someone say praise the Lord? This whole thing, hope, is such a beautiful gift. And hope comes even when you feel it's hopeless. Because you, you have to get in the word of God. It's God's word that will change us. People say, well, I, you know, I don't feel a certain way. Well, I always tell them, have you got into the word of God? Is God's word your first thing that you're doing before you start the day? Before you meet the face of man, meet the face of God in prayer. How many of you and even those watching online, what is it that seems to cause your hope to disappear? What is it that's draining you and not filling you? What is it that is something that's, in a sense, you don't feel hopeful all the time? Or you might even say, I don't know if I feel God's actually working on my behalf sometimes. Right now, maybe also you uh, watching online, right now, I want you to think, is there any area that you need hope? I mean, if you're here today and you've never did the first step of finding hope, that is saying, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. Come into my life. I want, to be, I want to be known as a child of God. And you know you've sinned, you've done things wrong. God's right there. His mercy is great. He has great mercy and great joy to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Isn't that good to know? God has done so much. And that's the first step you've got to take. Your first step is to surrender to God so God can take your heart and life. And then you get into the word of God. If you have something right now in your heart, if you have something right now that hope is a struggle for you, raise your hand right where you are. Hope is a struggle. Yeah, yeah, hope is a struggle. I want you to now put something to that. I want you to put something to that. Because hope may be a struggle, but what is that struggle? What is it? Name it. Put a name on it. And then find out what does God say about it. Can you stand to your feet? God is a God 
that doesn't want your hope to be down here. I mean, think about it. If this was hope and it was eight feet in the air, 10 feet in the air, it may, it, it may take a while, but it's going to come to crash. It's because that hope was not based on the God of hope, the God of joy. So you have to take what it is and say, God, your word says, and you've got to remind yourself of what God's word. And when you remind yourself of God's word, that's when God will do a work. Those that raise your hands, those that raise your hands and you're struggling with hope, just raise your hand right where you are one more time. Now, I want you to put what that is in your, in your hand, okay? Keep it in your hand for a moment, what that is. Then I want you to ask yourself a question. What does God's word say about my situation? What does God say? What would God say to me? And if you do not know, then I would say you have not read. And if you want an answer to that question, just ask someone that knows. It's important. It's important to know that God has created you for a purpose. God has created you for a purpose. Let's go before Father. Raise your hands to the Lord as we just surrender our hearts to him and to ask God to do a work. Father, you are our God of hope. God, you are a God who does great works. And Lord, we come before you today. And we ask right now, God, will you touch each one here today, those that raise their hands, those that need a touch from you, Father, I pray that they may know, they may know they are not in the journey by themselves. I pray, Lord, as they take a daily walk in your word, will you rise them up, God? And in those areas, may they find your strength, your power, your help, your provision, your protection, and rise up a testimony in the midst of the test. Let their hope look up. And as they look up, God, I pray you would meet them right where they are. I pray for every soul that doesn't know the Lord, that they would accept the Lord this day. But this is the day of salvation. And I pray right now, whether here or online, that they would get right with you. Because one day you're coming back, and no man knoweth the hour. So, our Father, I pray that we are ready. And now, Lord, we just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we thank you for joining us today. Let's continue to believe that God is going to do a work in all of our lives and in his church, despite our current circumstances. If you would like to support the ministry of Salem First Assembly, you can do so by mailing to 430 Route 45, Salem, New Jersey, 08079, or by visiting our website at salemfirstag.org. Please join us for service next Sunday at 1030 a.m., or you can watch service every Sunday afternoon on Facebook at Salem First Assembly or YouTube at Salem First AG. You can also listen to the message every Tuesday on Podbean. Have a blessed rest of your day. Let's remember to be a blessing and that life is living in faith every day.